Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray. I'm here with Josh. Josh, welcome back to the pod. As Thank ever. you. Thank you very much. And we are discussing another city victory, a 2-0 victory at Bournemouth. Um, as city continue to perform rather impressively away from home with, with, with the exception of the occasional blip. We will talk about that, but two goals today, a tap-in from Raheem Sterling, and what will go down in the record books is an own goal from Tyrone Mings and not a Sergio Aguero touch. Same difference I don't know. Right? There's still a chance that, that City could challenge it. There they, is. They, and, I, and, and I think maybe the club might, you know? Yeah, just... There's a lot going on behind the woodworks right now. Wouldn't, if you were Sergio Aguero, wouldn't some goodwill like the club, you know, charging for forward and and, and, uh, uh, making the claim that it was your goal and and challenging what the panel review said? Like, wouldn't that make you feel better? Yeah, I'm not really sure what the protocol is for challenging and re-challenging and all this I think they just have to I think they just have to basically say hey we're challenging that it was an own goal ruling and we believe that it it would have gone it was it should be a Sergio Aguero goal and they can <clears throat> basically make the case that the ball hitting off of Mings was immaterial as the ball would have gone in either way and if that's the case, then it should be awarded as a goal to Aguero and not an own goal. Correct. Well, we will. But figure that I don't out. know. I don't even know what the hell is a catch in the NFL for our viewers who who watch both. So, to, what what constitutes a goal in the Premier League may be a trickier subject. So you know, we'll just kind of sit back and and see what happens. But to me, I, we, we can, we can do our own verdicts. What, I mean, what do you feel it was? I'm biased, but I would have given it to him. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm not trying to be biased here. I legit, you know, I, I pride myself in being a physics guy. Like the color commentator also was surprised that they didn't give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he seemed to be surprised that he read out an email on air. So (laughs) that's true. Uh, but uh, I, I pride myself on being a math guy. I, I, for whatever reason, in high school, I got all the way through Calc 2 and then never did anything with math after that. Like, the last math I took was the obligatory statistics class that everybody in college hates. Um, but I pride myself on being a math guy. And the physics of that looked to me like it should have been an Aguero goal. So... You know, I mean, I guess it's not going to really matter. A Manchester City podcast says Aguero should have had goal surprise, you know. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I feel like we've 
we've uh, we've gone against the club on some. Well, we, hell, we were the first American t- people to actually. We were not only were we the first Americans to ever go on the Blue Moon podcast. We were the first people ever to pick against City. So that comes with it some clout. Of, yeah, yeah. Um. So let's let's talk about the the grand scheme of things before we get into the game. I'm going to ask a question that I'm not super keen on asking, but I feel like I would be doing a poor job as the host of this podcast if I didn't ask it. We're going to ask the Fernandinho question right now, aren't we? No, we're going to ask, looking at the table, looking at the table, we are now eight points back of Chelsea with 13 matches to go. Is the title race on or not? No. Okay. See, I'm in the middle. I don't think it's on, but I don't think it's off. In a world where Donald Trump can be elected president, I'm not going to sit here and say that City can't win the title. That's but, that's a fair that's a fair thing to but, say. But however, I don't, that, I don't feel like Donald Trump was going up against Antonio Conte's defense and trying to get through that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I basically the point is. Eight, po- eight points in 13 games is not insurmountable. Hell, City no. have done it before. But mm-hmm. I don't think Chelsea will ultimately drop enough points. It's the goal differential that has me yeah, saying... that's another thing. Because in, in 2012, City had the, had the goal differential on their side, whereas that's not the case this time. No, as a matter of fact, they're kind of... it's They, they better hope it, things don't come down to a goal differential or... That they go on a, you know, a, a Bayern type, holy crap, we got this, and, and just start ripping off 6 nothing wins uh, real soon. Because if it comes down to goal differential on just about anything, I don't see a team... It'd have to go down to 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 the two playing at 6th and 7th, like maybe Liverpool... You know, you but now, you're talking about, yeah. now you're talking about uh, your Europa League and you don't really want to be hoping that they're down in that range anyway. So that, they, that's... Do, they do face Liverpool again at home. So there is that on their side. Um, of course, Liverpool have had the January from hell. So that's pretty much allowed them to catch them both in points and almost in goal differential. So... Yeah, I mean, it depends on the form of everyone around them. They're four goals back of Arsenal and two points ahead. They do play Arsenal again, albeit away. Um, and we, we've talked about Arsenal being Arsenal. It's just sort of a case of, well, they might show up on any given day, but they there's an equally good chance that they might not. So, um, yeah, it's... it's I, I, will, I will say that the title race is... Not on, but not off. And I know that's not really an answer, but it's it's just sort of a case where theoretically they're still in it, but realistically they have a long way to go. Um, yeah. So, just now that we've gotten that out of the way, um, I want to talk, again, before we get into the actual game, which we will get into. I'm not beating around the bush here. We're not ignoring that. Um, I'm going to read out to you City's last. Let's see here. City's last one, two, three. You know what's? You know what's kind of funny? It just dawns on me that 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 the that the postponed Manchester derby uh, is supposed to be a fixture here at some point. 
and uh, yeah, yeah, that you you'd you'd Have think they that scheduled that... that yet? I don't know. No, I think, it doesn't. I think they had to move it because of the League Cup final. Yeah, I don't think they've rescheduled it yet. If they no. did, I, if they did, I missed it. And as I'm no. sitting here looking at the schedule, it's not rescheduled on it. No, it's so. it's it's still postponed, but that that sort of looms large in there. Because City already had the first one at home. Now you've got to go across the way to Old Trafford. No, we wanted Old Trafford. Oh yeah, that's right. Never mind. They're at home. I, I've got I've got mine mixed up. Yeah, I'm look I'm just looking at their remaining away games here as as I sit here at the schedule because Again, like we said, there's 13 games left. There will be Champions League, and they're still in the FA Cup, but there's only 13 games left. They have to go to Sunderland, winnable. To Arsenal, difficult. To Chelsea, really difficult. To Southampton, probably winnable. To Middlesbrough, winnable. To Watford, winnable. So, Mm -hmm. obviously they have two really tough road games in there, but the rest of them, they could... Kind of the caliber of team they've been beating. I'm, I'm still putting winnable next to going at to Arsenal on winnable, the road. But can I say winnable but difficult? I don't think that's impossible. Uh, I actually think that I, I think that it look for whatever reason. You know how they say like styles make the matchup. Yes. I think Guardiola versus versus Arsene Wenger. It's one of those matchups that favors Arsene Wenger, or excuse me, it favors Guardiola. I just think that 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 city match up very well against Arsenal. Yeah, I think that. Um, as like it says, Arsenal are so difficult to predict. You don't know what you're going to get from them on any given day. Um, I mean, didn't they beat Chelsea this season? It's just that be, that may be the case. But you know what? Arsenal are not difficult to predict. They're a team that's difficult to predict in that hey. Mentally. You don't know what they're going to give you, you know, but you know how they're going to play. You don't know if they're going to be injured Guardiola mentally. only really needs to watch the last two games. The game plan for Arsenal's in there. It always is. It's 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 pretty much always been what it's been under Wenger. You know, it's 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 direct football. They're going to come straight at you. They're they're going to do it's a lot not of so new- much. It's not so much the game planning I'm worried about. It's that just Arsenal are just mentally weak. They, they are. <laughs> and, there's, and, and we know how that can be by watching City, who have at times had the same problem. So that's I just why think I, I think that's a hard I, I just think today. that if Gabriel Jesus is, is firing and, and back in the lineup, which Pep didn't seem to be concerned too much... Uh, though he did say he would pray, and I don't know, but I guess that's standard protocol for managers. Hey, I'm going to pray. It's okay. Um, but he didn't seem too concerned about Jesus. If if Jesus is fine, and really he was taken off as a more precautionary measure because Guardiola has learned just enough in his career just to yank guys off, you know. Today is not – this is – you do not want your war, your best weapon going – down <laughs> against you know Bournemouth. No offense to Eddie Howe. Um, if they can get Aguero firing before then too. Yeah, yeah. Even better. I mean, not right. what difference does it make, but you know what I'm trying to say. All, all the better. Yes. All the better that Aguero was in on a goal today. Only good can come from this that you know if if Gabriel Jesus is in fact deemed to be okay. 
let let me let me read to you City's last five results away from home, going okay. back to the new year. Um, they beat West Ham away five nil. They lost at Everton four nil. And since then, they beat Crystal Palace in the FA Cup 3-0. They beat West Ham in the league again 4-0. And they beat Bournemouth away 2-0. Is there a reason, do you think? I mean, that Everton result sticks out like a sore thumb. But mm-hmm. other than that, their, la- their road form recently, and even dating back to that, they were really bad at Liverpool. But then they before that, they beat Hull 3-0 away from home. Ever since the Leicester game, basically. Is, is, is there a reason, perhaps, that cities seem to be in... They, they play, honestly, with the exception of the Tottenham game, I would argue that they have been more convincing away from home than they have been at home in the sure. last several weeks. And is do you think there's a reason for that? Um, <clears throat> Gabriel Jesus? Can't account for all of it, can it? No. Well, I mean, it not count for most of it. I mean, can, can, all right, for, let me start with a basic question. Because yes he, he, no. he, he didn't play the first game at West Ham. True. Okay, but it's West Ham, and they're playing like That's crap, right. and their manager end up getting fired anyway. <clears throat> all right, so, but let me ask you a basic question. Since Gabriel Jesus has been injected into Manchester City, do they not look like a completely different and dangerous team to the point where if you restarted it, if you were to restart the, 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 the league campaign and have this version of City, the, the version of City that Pep will have moving forward, would you feel more comfortable with their chances going up against Chelsea, knowing that Chelsea were still, you, you still couldn't afford to probably drop more than one or two? They look better, but I'm not going to attribute it to that because I think it goes back to the Leicester game in which Bardiola basically hit the reset button on everything and said, okay, we're going back to square one. Yeah, well, I mean, he admitted that today. And even even with Gabriel Jesus in the lineup at Swansea, it was kind of another one of those, okay, they started really well, they didn't score enough, and then they sort of slept through the second half and got pegged back. The only difference was they scored at the end. So... It was kind of the home performance that we have seen like five, six times this season. But I think it goes back to the Leicester performance and going back to basics, especially on the road, where you cannot get away with as much. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think Gabriel Jesus has been a factor, but I think that there were things going on before he got here that were... Well, sure. I mean, the, looking at dispelling one of the fullbacks in favor of playing Fernandinho at either left back or right back. Yeah, that's telling, isn't it? Yeah, somebody had to go. And and, and, and let's be like fair. Let's just go ahead and get to the question that we did get, which was probably rhetorical, more fun. But in all honesty, there may be a bit of truth to it. It was uh, who is it from? Uh, do you have the uh, the tweeter the tweeters the in it front was, of you? I'll, I'll read it. Daniel Solerzano. Uh, oh wait, nope, nope, nope. Excuse me. Sweeper keeper Dino confirmed. Yeah, that was. Um, we got a couple questions on Fernandinho. There, uh, Rob it's from Rob, Rob Free Eight, and we got one from Top Dog at Floodhaven Sensei as well. Kind of both in the same vein. Rob asked us, "Is there a position that Fernandinho can't play?" Uh, 
To my knowledge, at this moment, Pep Guardiola would probably try him out at striker. Like, at this point, he... Guardiola... Fernandinho has basically become his Philip Lom. Like, you will never find... Like, there's just... You know, Philip Lom, you know, even in even in uh, the, the the first book, like he's just what Guardiola is like, that's a fucking footballer. That's, you know, I mean, there's no really no other way to say it. You know, I hate using that kind of language on this podcast, but it's good enough for Guardiola. It's good enough for me. That is what Fernandinho has begun, become to to Pep Guardiola. And. It's insane that as old as Fernandinho is, he makes it look effortless playing 90 minutes and plus sometimes. And I mean, Fernandinho is a guy that could probably give you two full games. Like, he looks no, for no worse for wear after 90. I, I legitimately do think he could give you if you had to go into you know, two extra, you know, if you got late into, like, say, the semifinals where somebody has to win and it goes down to penalties or something, that's a guy who could who could give you the extra plus kick the penalty. Like, I, I legitimately believe that. I, so uh, it's great that, that Guardiola's found out that Fernand... I've always kind of really enjoyed Dino's game. Like, me and my roommate have been calling him the Dino for some time now probably like three plus years, uh, but we just loved him because it seemed like on FIFA, he could always do everything for us. Like no matter where we put him, it's just like, damn it, Dino scored again. He just, and, and it, you know, sometimes art imitates life. Like this guy is, can legit just seem to play at any position and, and provide going forward. Like he was tormenting people as a left back. <laughs> I mean, what, what did you think of, 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 um, of his performance? Cause top dog at blue Haven since I asked this thoughts on him as a makeshift left back, he's looked good, but opposition hasn't been that great. Yeah, yes. I liked him better. I liked him better at right back, to be honest. I didn't think it was bad or anything like that, but I thought it was a little more natural for him. I, I, I honestly thought that no matter where you play him, he's so good at defensively he's sound. Like he tends to put himself in all the right positions, even when he has to interchange with center backs. He he's he's done that before, so he instinctively knows how to play center back center half as well. Um, as well as He's an actual center defensive midfielder, so, you know, he's got that thing down. Like, he's he's sort of a guy that knows how to instigate everything from every position, which I believe really honestly does help City going forward. You may be right in that he, he tends to have, like, Raheem Sterling has just been blistering these past couple of games, and maybe if that's because he's had you know, Fernandinho providing cover and allowing him to get forward more and do the things that he does. And the fact that Fernandinho can play a ball in or two, like, I mean, he knows how to weigh the pass. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly think you could play him at either. I mean, I yeah. think it's, I, I think, I think preference is, is fine here, but I think you could play him at either. It's not like Sané was like, he was basically the player of the game today. Yeah, he was. Um, 
man of the match. I, I really shouldn't have said player. <laughs> how I said we're, that. We're, but we're, we're American. It's fine. We're American. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Um, so, yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll move this around a little bit because we brought them up. I thought Sterling and Sonic were fantastic today. They, they, there is, seems to be an understanding striking up. The pace and the width. Bournemouth's back line was stretched. Um, to the breaking point today, and it's it's pace and width that City have always kind of tried to chase after. Under Mancini, they didn't really have it. You look at guys like Samir Nasri and uh, Silva as as a as an attacking forward, a wider player, or what what have you. Guys like that, they are definitely talented players, but the guys that were relied on in the Mancini and even the Pellegrini era, despite the attempts to make Navas a thing. They weren't there for their. <laughs> he pace. definitely had the pace. He had he the pace. Had... He just didn't have anything else. But they, 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 it's the, they never had the pace to to pull this to to play <clears throat> like this because it was always more creatively minded guys who weren't going to blister you like that. Sami and Sterling can be can they can do both. Obviously, their games are a work in progress. They're both really young, but. They have pace that Silva and Nasri and the likes of those players never had. Um, and I think that pairing them together, along with the directness of Gabriel Jesus, has been a big part of the recent renaissance. Just sort of, you know, okay, forget about Nolito, forget about, you know, all this experience, all these veteran, this that mythical veteran presence that we have on yeah. our side. Let's just play these guys. Let's let them loose and let's let them have fun. And I think that they're bearing the fruits of. There's that. something to that. There's something to that. You look at what, and Guardiola has, I I think, respect a lot of respect for Mauricio Pochettino, and and you look at what Poch is doing down there at Tottenham. It's it's letting youth be youth, and and you look at what he's getting out of Deli Ali. Like sure. Deli Ali's had some dumbass mistakes along the way, and you look at some of the fouls that Sané has given away, and you're like, man, you dumbass, you just want to, even today with this yellow, like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Like, why? Though, even though I will hear an argument out that says Sané, like, it really was, it could have been accidental, like, the fact that he didn't jump up and protest the yellow says to me he knew exactly what he was doing. And these are the dumbass mistakes that you're going to get along the way with the youth that, that, that Guardiola is going to have to beat out of them in the little pep talks afterward. But you know what? What you get out of them going forward is so deadly and so dangerous, it just makes it near impossible for teams to match up with that. You, they don't yet make fullbacks like I'm sure it's now going to become a thing like you know how six foot one corners became a thing in the NFL to shut down receivers yeah okay I am sure that 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 pacier fullbacks are going to become the thing like you're going to start to have to have guys who are basically like wingbacks and have that got yeah I think the prototype is already there when you watch Hector Bellerin play yeah, That's the you look at him. Yeah, you look at him or Laporte. You know, these guys can do it. Can do absolutely everything. They're they're fast as all hell. Um, but yeah, I I think too. You, you know, you, I I think that they're going to become more of a thing as an answer to what guys like Sterling and Sané can provide going forward. And now it's not 
enough that, that you have those two causing havoc on the edges. The only reason that those two can do that is because City's midfield is so dangerous that you have to pick your poison. And it almost always leads to Sterling and Sané and or Sané getting a one-on-one with either a center half or a, a, a back. And, and that's because De Bruyne and Sterling and even Toure, who's dropped into like a deep-lying playmaker, uh, they're just so damn dangerous going forward. Like, like they were talking about on today's post-match on NBC, they were saying that De Bruyne, I think it was Robbie Musto, was pointing out that De Bruyne and Silva have really found their groove in their new positions. And we kind of talked, you brought that up on the pot, the last podcast. And I think that that's, I'm bringing that up again, because I think it's so critical to what we're talking about with, with Sané and Sterling. They're the reason that that can happen, that all of this can happen. Yeah. um, It's, it's, it's an instance where I think that like, and, and we talked at length about guys like, Lino playing well. They did play well early in the season, but it's a different dynamic. It's a completely different dynamic, and it doesn't offer the same things that these two offer. And there's there's an energy there. There are going to be mistakes. We know that. We accept that. Um, but you, you got Sterling with a goal and an assist today. Basically, I don't know that that will go down as a formal assist because it was an own goal. I'm not really sure, but. It, he, it was his pass that set up the ball going into the net. Um, but it, it, it's, 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 it's so important to have that pace. And I think it's something that they've craved for, for years now. But for whatever reason, they, you know, you have guys, you know, I, I think the, the, the thing that you get sometimes when you put too much emphasis on pace is you get guys like Yannick Velassi, who is all pace but nothing else, or Jesus Navas. Hey man, hey, the, 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 the one, work the one thing Velassi gave us, the one thing Velassi gave us was was the Velassi, and that was that was a cool FIFA trick. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to slag him off. It's just you know, if he doesn't have, if Yannick Velassi doesn't have the pace he has, he's playing the championship. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's that, you, you know, pace for the sake of pace. Right. And I think they, there's the, the temptation, and I think it's basically what they kind of got with Navas. But these two, there is, there are moments where they pick the wrong pass. There are moments where they try to do a little too much. We can accept that because it's not just pace for the sake of pace. It is pace for... That's pace and dynamism and energy and an end product that is still a work in progress, to be sure. I mean, you watch Sterling, he, if he could have been better on his first touch, he would have scored first before he ended up scoring today. But you, you look at the way they play and the look, look at the way they run. That is the future, not just of Man City, but of, you know, that's that's what football's evolving towards. And City are look to be very much on the cutting edge of that, I think, right now. 
Yeah, I, I, I would say that's a very fair assessment, and I wouldn't disagree with it in the slightest, and I think your point is well made. I, I, I think that Guardiola is getting a bit of, of all that he wants right now, and it'll be curious to see where he shells out the money next, because you know he's going to go on another big spending spree. You just, you have to. You have to invest I think, something. I think I have a guess. Yeah. <laughs> a couple, actually. <laughs> I also have that guess, but but you know that that's not going to be all that he buys. No, you know, like we we I know think... that money is going to be spent there, mm-hmm. but we also know that that's not going to be everything that he buys. Yeah. And so, we're, I mean, there's going to be a new goalkeeper. There's going to be a new left back. There's going to be a new right back. I imagine there will be a new center back. Um, I would be surprised but, if he doesn't buy a striker, um, given the way things seem to be going. I mean, I, it depends on where. Yeah, but don't you have some? Yes, you do. But I, th- I think there will be another... F- I'll, I'll, I'll amend that to say I think there will be another forward coming in. Be it... Because I don't think Navas is long for this team. Oh yeah, I, I, I so think, I think that's true. I think they'll bring in another forward, and I think they'll bring in another midfielder. To be honest, because um, there's I don't I don't know that Fernandinho and Fabian Delph are long for this team either. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think there will there's more to come at basically every position. But um, yeah, you're very right, and the the building blocks are there already. So it's 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 a lot of fun to watch when they're playing like that. Um, well, let's pivot because, um, Daniel Sol- Solorzano asked this and I was going to ask it anyway, so. Are we going to the Aguero? Sergio Aguero got 75 yeah. minutes today. Um, <laughs> 75 completely unplanned minutes. A completely unplanned minutes. Yeah. Um, and, um, he didn't quite score, as we mentioned. There was a touch. He could have been, it could have been. It's just sort of a, a, a point of dispute whether you thought it was an own goal or not, but he did basically get on the end of one. Um, you know, I saw some people like during the game being like, oh, this is a big moment for him. It's make or break. And I thought that was a little excessive. I don't think 75 minutes at Bournemouth. I think it's going to be a complete picture that will be painted of Sergio Aguero that will be assessed at the end of the season. So I don't think that this was do or die for him, but... How do you think he got on in this, that 75 minutes playing at the head of this Sané, Sterling, Silva, De Bruyne, Spear thing going on? Um, I I thought Aguero acquitted himself fairly well today. I... I it's hard for me to say because maybe City didn't rack up the totals that you think would would come. Um, and to be fair, there were a couple of chances that really a, a striker of Aguero's quality should be putting in, whether he's offside or not, not hoofing at 50 yards open net. You know, you, people you love to use the world... Cl- use the label world class with Aguero. So I guess it depends on what you classify him as. If you think he's world class, then he's not living up to that this year. And I completely see why Guardiola is frustrated with him. If you just consider him to be a good striker, 
then your explanation is that more often than not, he doesn't create chances in a in Guardiola's system the way you chances need to be created. He doesn't move back and forth enough. He tends to drift to the same spots more often than not. And you need to be a bit more active, get back a bit more with Guardiola. And and you just see a difference when Jesus is on the pitch, right? You just you just see the difference. It, sh- it should be visual. There's there's a reason for that, and it's a lot of the, the work that Jesus is doing off the ball, and the fact that he can drift right or left and create from there dangerously. That that makes teams have to play him as a threat no matter where he's at on the pitch. Whereas Aguero, he's not really showing the same kind of nifty tricks that he's shown in the past. You know, he's kind of playing as a straight up. I don't know. Just try to see. It kind of seems like he's playing like a straight up striker, and he needs to add that more of that midfield presence to his game. And until he gets that down, I don't think Guardiola's going to care what he's done in the past for City or the fact that he signed a hefty new contract. I think he's going to get City wages is what he's going to end up getting. Um, I just don't think he moves enough off the ball. So he did well today, but I still... I, I Let me put it this way. I saw nothing that's going to challenge Gabriel Jesus for his... For his top spot. Like, he's going to be playing as the first striker going forward regardless of what level of competition. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement there. It's He didn't I, he didn't play badly. I thought he was fine. It wasn't a performance that's going to set the world on fire. Um, it's basically what it is. Um, and, and that's even if he even if you count the goal. With yeah, I mean, he got on the end. He was in the all. right. He was in the right place at the right time. He got on the end of one. That's good. I mean, I think it will help his confidence because <laughs> that had to be low coming into this. And I thought he played, you know, well enough that I think maybe he would have taken a little some taken a little bit of heart from that. Um, but you know, it, it wasn't a performance that's going to set the world on fire. It wasn't a performance that was going to make us sit there and be like, wow. Um, and I think the uh, the hard part for Aguero is that adaptation, that off the ball stuff, as well as the fact that we are going to inevitably comparing him, be comparing him to when we see when we saw him at his best, um, when he was scoring hat trick after hat trick after hat trick. Um, I mean, but there's always been an argument against Sergio Aguero that he's been a flat track bully. Right, but I don't think that's fair i mean he scored regularly against man united he scored but it's it's kind of a more recent thing i would say because he would torment you know spurs all the time he would score against arsenal he would score against chelsea um the top sides weren't really a problem for him it's just sort of this year he's kind of feasted on lower level until last year to an extent it started to develop i think think it well last year is really when the problem began yeah um, but yeah, I mean, it didn't used to be a problem. I'm thinking more along the lines of like 13, 14 when he was just... Like, Aguero offered him just jack crap going forward in the Champions League last year. If Aguero was even at eight-tenths of what he was the year before, 
City Mike well could have won the whole damn thing apparently. That if that's if if what befell uh, Atletico Madrid is what it takes, I think City could have bumbled their way into a goal against Atletico Madrid with with Aguero playing the way he did the year before, but he just was not there and and it hurt the team and I think that it's really reared its head this year which is why it it seems to the world that Gabriel Jesus displacing Sergio Aguero should be bigger news you would think you would think like if stuff like Sterling and whatever he does makes oh our city you know is there is there a public unrest or whatever the case may be? And I'm, and I'm sure one or two asshats have written those articles. I've not clicked on them. I'm sure they've been written. But you would think it would be bigger news that Jesus has displaced him as easily as he has. But the reason that it's not is because everyone with two eyes can see that it needed to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it just it wasn't working right now. I mean, no. It's, and that's fine. It's, um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know what else to <laughs> to, to say about that. It's just. It's. It, it makes sense. I didn't really see anything. You know, I'm. It, I didn't see anything that would make me want to run him out of town. But I didn't see anything that would, you know, make me sit up and take notice and be like, ah, he's back. Um. So you know, it's it's fine. You, it, I, it's it's good. It's fine. But I don't really have anything to say beyond that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Um, so I, I, I do want to bring one more thing up, um, and that is the fact that um, I think it goes with with um, the Fernandinho as a fullback thing, um, which is the fact that Nicholas Otamendi started on the bench tonight, um, which is. I guess it's sort of a thing where you, you, I think of it as sort of an admission that he just wants to get ball, ball players in back there. He had Sonia, he had Kolarov, he had Stones, and he had Fernandinho as his back four. And I think it's a little bit of a tweak because he just doesn't trust Otamendi to not do stupid things. Do you think I'm on the, I'm onto something there? Um. I, you're not going to get me to argue against the fact that a manager would find Otamendi to be one of the most frustrating center halves to coach in the history of, of coaching. I mean, beyond that, I can't assume to, to know what Guardiola thinks or to think what he knows, but... I can easily draw the very same conclusion that you have drawn, and like, yeah, I I I, I don't I don't trust Otamendi. I wouldn't trust him to li- deliver my pizza. Yeah, it's it, I, I just I wonder if. If that's just sort of a sign of things to come, because we we mused a bit about like the whole notion of how are we going to get Fernandinho in there? Um, because we saw, well, you can't drop Jesus, you can't drop, you know, this and that and this and that, 
and you can't drop Tori right now and you can't take Silver to Bryant. So I think this might be the solution to that. And Otamendi makes sense as the guy who's going to be the fall guy for that because he fits in least... Um, he he sits he fits in as as poorly as as anyone else does in the team right now. So I I guess my my thinking is Guardiola is sort of to the point where he's just going to put in guys who can play the way he wants to play, and I'm fine with that personally. And I I can't help but wonder because. At no point tonight was I like, yes, yeah, yeah, City had their moments of vulnerability defensively that happens, but at no point tonight was I like, man, they need someone commanding back there, or man, they're, you know, they felt more or less in control most of that game. So I, 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 I do think that it's just sort of, yeah, you can survive without a classic defender back there, because the only center back they were playing tonight was John Stones. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what else to add on to that. But, um, yeah, I, I do want to add one more thing before we talk a little bit about it. Who was, who was the, what was the starting back four tonight? It was, it was, it was uh, Fernandinho, it was, yeah, it was Sanya, Colorado and Stones. That's right. So, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. Um, I, I don't see Otamendi as having, as, as being missed here today. Um... I do want to say one thing because we well, spend. Oh, it's go ahead. curious. It's curious to be how John Stones had fallen out of favor in the first place. Like I think that was I, a mental break as much as anything else. And that may be fine, but it was quite a mental break. And and not hey dude, you know me of all people is not going to begrudge anybody a lengthy mental break. But the question then comes up if John Stones is at that point in his career where to where he needs one of that length, then, you know, do do you need to spell him out or is he going to be good to go moving forward? And I know Guardiola came up to him after the match and he hugged him and said, I'm sure a lot to him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I just wanted to make the point about the back four. Cause I was just like, I do not miss Otamendi at all watching this. Um, other thing I wanted to say was we spend so much time, um, sitting here critiquing referees and being like, you know, mess that up and mess that up. And why are, why are the premier league referees so bad? So when Neil Swarbrick makes a decision like he made tonight to ch- do really good refereeing to see a foul um, and chalk off the Bournemouth goal, I think it's only fair that we point it out and say, really well done, because not all referees would have spotted that. And the linesman didn't even spot it. So just a word for Neil Swarbrick, because we spend so much time ripping on referees, and I wanted to make clear that... <laughs> That was a really good decision, and it was a correct decision, and I I applaud him for getting that right when his linesman didn't even help him out. No one seemed to really help him out. He just spotted it, flagged it, got it right. So I say good on him, and uh, a, a word of applause for a good refereeing performance and a good refereeing decision in a season that has been filled with bad ones. And that was really all I wanted to say about that. 
kudos to Neil Swarbrick. Um, so, City's next game at the weekend. There's no Premier League next weekend because the FA Cup continues and City have an away trip to Huddersfield in what is, I believe, the fifth round of the FA Cup. Yes, yes, okay. Um, they are two wins away from Wembley, if they not to get ahead of ourselves, but... Um, on paper, it kind of reminds me of a game like today. Huddersfield, obviously a championship side, um, currently sitting, well, they just beat QPR, so that's good for them. Um, let's see where they sit in the table. They currently sit third in the table in the championship on 58 points, leading the playoff spots, but trailing for automatic promotion. I don't expect you to know any more about Huddersfield than I do, but just judging by the standard, judging by everything, judging by the fact that they will not have Aaron Moy, who has, by all accounts, been one of their best players, I like to think City can come through this game pretty well, don't you? Yeah. I would like to think so. I mean, it's fancy when your best player can't play against your team because he happens to be owned by the uh, parent club, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because this has all the trappings of a uh, a match where you talk a wolf, of, a wolf of stuff beforehand and then you're the team that goes out in the upset. <laughs> like, how did Huddersfield pull this off? But, I mean... If City put anything close to a professional performance in, they should win the match straight away. I am in full agreement there. Um, and, you know, like, like I said, we don't really know much about Huddersfield, but so it goes. Um, the, the Jamie Redknapp headline, former Liverpool ace Jordan I better than Man City's Raheem Sterling, just popped up on the timeline from last July. Ah, uh, yes. The, the, it's some people should just not hot hot take hot take it's not not smart um anyway <laughs> do you have anything else that you wanted to add to this it just i thought it was a really professional performance tonight and i was really pleased with what i saw yeah i was equally pleased it was uh one of those um one of those performances where you can just watch with comfort because you know like it's like the goal was gonna come you know and and the counter may have came but uh it was it was pretty damn clear that that was a foul in the build-up and like you said had 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 a had a lesser referee not been paying attention i mean that's one one in city or screaming and this is a match where they could have dropped points because, well, you mentioned Arsenal being weak. The City are also weak. Though I would say this version of City have far more confidence than uh, previous iterations. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if for some reason that goes in the net and it's allowed, I can see City getting up in their own head and and just not scoring again. Yeah, but yeah, um, 
I also saw something about the Premier League being fearful of losing Mark Clattenburg to the USA or China. How much would you cry if Mark Clattenburg took the big money elsewhere? I would throw a party. I mean, <laughs> you're invited. I wouldn't shed a tear. Not a single one. Good stuff. Um, the Mark Clattenburg is over party. <laughs> Um, but yeah I I don't really have anything else to add here it's just it's nice to talk about a series of professional performances good wind clean sheets Willie Caballero continues to look a lot more convincing at the back than his counterpart ever had Um, and at this point I don't see how he loses that job anytime soon so that's um yeah I I I agree. He's probably cemented himself as the number one keeper at this point. Bravo's lost the job. Uh, yeah. I, I feel for him, but as, as long as Caballero gives him no reason to drop him, then there's just no reason to think it so. No, Caballero's actually played spectacularly yeah, he, He's not just, like, good enough. He's, like, he's actually playing well. He had to make a good save today. I know, there was... That's uh, the thing that goes in against Bravo. Where you're like that that shot right there is a goal against Bravo. I just I you know he just those are the saves that he he's he wasn't making, and Cabby just kind of you know he can make those. And I also like to say like you, you watch Caballero when they asked him like how 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 does it feel to be playing and and like the dude's just genuinely so damn excited. Like, just so beyond excited to be playing first-team football that that you can see the effect of Guardiola's confidence in him. And that's never a bad thing with a player. So I, I genuinely think you'll get the best of Caballero going forward. He, he, he does not want to give this up. Yeah. He knows he's going to be replaced next year. Like, he knows he's not for long between the posts of Manchester City. Yeah, he's playing for a contract somewhere, probably. Yeah, but you know what, though? He's also thinking, I could be good enough to be the number two on a really damn good team. I may not play a lot, but I could get I could be good enough that Guardiola would trust me with cup competitions where he'd break it up. Right now, Guardiola doesn't have a goalkeeper situation to where he can break it up so one keeper's not playing the the, the full gamut. But if Guardiola were say to go out and sign his primary, then 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 you know Willie would be saying, "Hey man." I, I I can easily play number two here at, in all these cup competitions and whatnot if if you're willing to give me the gig. There's still a decent number of games in there and a lot of glory and tro- probably more attainable trophies to be had, too. Yep. Did you see uh, Geronimo really pissed off all his teammates? He told the media that he would walk to Man City tomorrow if he could. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that. But he did. That, so. I, I, well, I saw the quote. Was he, they basically asked him, and he said, yes, my dream is to end up playing for Man City. I would go there tomorrow if I could. And apparently that rubbed some of his teammates the wrong way. <laughs> so, 
that's fun. It's it's nice to. It's it's it seems to be, it, it, at least on his end, he signed to eventually play for Man City. So I guess we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, I mean that uh, that's going to be interesting, you know, if because he certainly played well enough. Yep. Yeah. That he's he's done his part. Made so. impression. Yep. I mean, what happens from here is ultimately up to City, because haven't they been linked with a couple other keepers Ederson, as well? And yeah, it is up to Pep. The, I mean, the transfer but, god. But but Pep could go into this thinking, you know, <laughs> I'll have Ederson, Ruley, and Willie. <laughs> yeah, I think they're he'll best. keep it to two, but I don't think he would mind a a death match for the number one shirt there. I, I don't think that would bother him that much, no, to be honest with you. No, 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 no. That's, that's, I was mostly saying that in jest. I only, I think City will only end up buying one keeper, and I, the reason I think it'll be really over Ederson is ultimately because it's going to come down to price. They're going to get a damn good keeper in Ruli mm-hmm. for way less money than they'd have to spend on Ederson who himself may very well be, end up being a world-class keeper. But you know what? You've already bought Ruli once, so <laughs> now you can get him back for half the price, and if he's half as good as ad- advertised, and he certainly seems to be, especially when it comes to stopping shots uh, from penalty kicks, he's it looks like he's got his business down in that arena, then... Uh, Look, I, I, yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, then Ederson piques your interest too, though, doesn't he? I mean, yeah, he does. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't probably, know. He possibly a future Brazil number one. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's a, a decision to, to be uh, made in the off season. Um, so, City play at the weekend. Nice Monday night game today. Um, if you do not follow us on Twitter, you should. We are at America Citizens. You can follow us there, ask us questions, um, interact with us during games, stuff like that. Whole ball of fun. Um, you, if you don't subscribe to us on iTunes, just search for American Citizens. You can subscribe to our podcast there. We are, as ever, sponsored by Blog Talk Radio. Thank you to them. Um, for Josh, I'm Gray. We will be back at you after the FA Cup game next week. Um, Until then, have a great rest of the week. Have a great weekend. We will talk to you again soon. Enjoy the games, everybody. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.